0: For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Welcome back to the Centered in the City podcast. Today, we have a juicy episode. I've been wanting to talk about the themes that come up in this interview for a long time, and I've been waiting for the perfect guest to have on the podcast to talk about these themes of love, dating, breaking up, And it dawned on me who was the perfect person, but Chelsea Lee Trescott. Now, Chelsea is the host of Thank You Heartbreak podcast. I was on her podcast years ago talking about the heartbreak of losing my mother, and I'll link that episode in the show notes so you can check out her podcast and check out our conversation. I haven't heard that in years, so that will be interesting for me to go back and listen to as well. Chelsea is a breakup coach, she's an advice columnist, podcast host as I mentioned, and she sees breaking points as our greatest opportunity to wise up, rise up, and become meaningful, relatable human beings who are stronger in love, life, and character. I wanted to talk to Chelsea specifically because she holds so much bold, authentic wisdom that I think all of us could use in our lives, whether we're navigating the dating scene or we're in a committed relationship. I trust you will take away many great nuggets of wisdom from this episode, so let's settle in and let's get centered. Chelsea, welcome to the Centered in the City podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me in. <gasps>
0: this is so fun. I got to be on your podcast years ago and we'll have to add that show to the show notes so people can listen in. Um, and now you get to be on on mine. So what an honor. I wanna kick us off by having you share with us like, what is one practice or ritual you do on a daily basis, to the best of your ability, of course, that like really, speaks to your soul
1: something I do every single day that I don't take for granted for a single second and I know that everyone might not have as much access to this as I do in New York City but I really pay attention on the street you know I feel like there's signs and messages everywhere I actually have an account but I haven't posted on it um, messages from New York and I swear every day, it's just another message, another message. I'm always taking pictures, but also talking to people. It's just massive to me. You know, I kind of have no shame in inserting myself into someone's day, saying something, you know, calling attention to something that I notice. And so every single day, I'm speaking to people when I'm out. So I would definitely say, um, what centers me on a daily basis is taking myself out into the world and picking up on the details and, you know, bumping into people and making a moment of it.
0: Mm, beautiful. It's like finding those moments of connection and meaning. And it sounds like really getting yourself out of your own bubble and into the world's feeling that oneness that, that we all share
1: that's noticing and it's also initiating. That's mm. a big one, you know, in terms of people, I think it's been about becoming fearless and also, um, maybe at times desperate enough where I had to learn to initiate contact. Um, I feel like I've been someone in life where people notice me and, but that doesn't mean that they'll say anything. Mm. And I've learned that throughout my years that people will have, after I've spoken to them, they'll have an impression of me or will have noticed me. But to actually um, connect with someone, that depends on us. And we can't wait for someone to uh, reach out to us. We have to be the one that is brave enough to go there ourselves.
0: All right. Let's talk about that because I I love that sense of openness and and the courage that it takes to put yourself out there for connection. In Seattle, people are very, I don't know if you've heard about the Seattle freeze, but there's they're cold. When you walk down the street, people have a hard time making eye contact. My husband and I have this game, like when we're walking down the street, we're like, hello to a neighbor. And we're like, did you get one? Did you get one? Because you hardly get some sort of feedback. So what are, you, what are some of the ways that you practice connecting outwards, taking that step of initiation?
1: God, I love that you say that because even when people hear this about my experience in New York and people that live in New York, they're just in awe and they're shocked because you don't hear that people are cold in New York, but you can hear that they're hard. You can hear that they're disinterested. They're in their own bubble and stuff. And yet I've never had that experience. And I think that's because of me and what I bring into it. I think that there's a vibrancy that I have in life. And I think that that openness, that that being available, this brightness in a sense, um, I think, again, people notice that. So I I draw a tent like if someone were to smell good, let's say, I mean, I remember in the beginning it's sort of as simple as that, I'll say something about it. You know, I say, never hoard a compliment. Never hoard a compliment. Another thing is people will go out through the day. So let's say this is on the receiving end. And someone says, hey, how are you? I have never not answered that question honestly. And so I never give a vague answer, even if it's just like, you know, uh, you know, finally better than I was last week, you know, adds a little bit of honesty and tell a whole story. And if someone wants a story, it can invite, you know, it opens someone to curiosity. Last night I was in the grocery store and I saw this guy and he looked like he was bumped a, about to bump into this like elderly guy that was pushing a cart. And I realized that they knew each other. He was putting something in his basket. And I just kind of I said something. I'm like, oh my God, so happy to see that you guys know each other. I thought he was just about to run into you. And And it started a conversation. So it is really about being present and being okay with the fact that it might be uncomfortable in the beginning, or at times it might not be as smooth as you want it to be. But I think that people, you know, I hear this thing where people say going out on your own, oh my God, people may look at you and think that's so silly and judge. I'm like, wait a second, I don't I don't get that. I think that when people see someone that's on their own or initiating, like you're saying, like saying hello to someone, they don't look at that as odd. They look at it as brave, as, as something that they would endeavor to do, as something that they can do. So it's just about being free, being free spirited and paying attention to the details that are happening right now. I think that don't be general. I think being general allows someone to like overlook it, but be specific with people about what you're seeing in the moment that is specific to them. Because it makes people feel like you care enough to see them.
0: You're taking a moment to pause and acknowledge somebody. And I think that's to like our basic human needs, like we all want to be seen and heard in this world. So to your point of a specific comment, and I completely agree with that sense of whenever somebody asks me a question or engages me, I'm like, oh, yes, I love that. That courage to just share. I have a lot of girlfriends and some clients that are navigating the dating world and one of the pieces is having the courage to go do new things to kind of get out of their routine take a new class go go to a restaurant and maybe sit at the bar or go put themselves out there in a different way to maybe meet new people and so i'm curious to hear like how would you how do you support people like navigating that comfort zone?
1: Yeah, it's not very comfortable, right? I just did it myself. I was um, across, I, for work, I had to test for something, you know, get, still get COVID tested. And I was across my favorite restaurant, but I was by myself. And I went into the place fearlessly and the whole bar was um, occupied except for one seat. And it ended up being next to a couple. And I was listening to them and it was Super Bowl Sunday. And she said something like, Do they even know about me? And I was like, Oh my God, is this like a new relationship? And I ended up like saying something about it, like, is this new? And it it ended, you know, the whole thing, it ended up being this whole exchange. I heard all about their relationship dynamic, also because we're talking about dating. This was interesting because they had met years ago. She had gone on a date with him and she thought he was insensitive. And so she did not wanna date him, but they were neighbors. And so she would run into him at like Starbucks and along the way, and people that they ended up dating didn't want them to be in communication. Some people didn't because they felt that there might be something there that they were too close, you know? So now that they were both single again, years later, three years later, they said, you know what? Let's discover, is there something here And if there is, let's go all in on it, or try to, you know, have that be the quest. And if there's not, let's just act like we're strangers. And so they were back at this restaurant that they had never made it to years ago, and they were on their fourth date. And when I got up to leave, then a guy came, the bar cleared out a bit, and another guy came that was by himself. So we were the only two people. And you know when you can feel someone looking at you, I felt him looking at me when I was talking with them, kind of like, does she know them? And when I got up, I said, you know, you know, wishing you love on this journey, something like that. And they're like, thank you so much for saying something. This has been the coolest thing. Like, thank you for coming into our, our outing. And I could feel him looking at me because he was alone too. And I felt like he was like, wow. Like he was just this sense of like kind of awe I felt. And I felt that about myself because sitting at that bar, when I sat down, I did feel like, wow, is this really what I continue to be doing? Is to be taking myself out into the world. Is this sad? Is it sad that I'm the only one here that's alone? And I called my sister and I don't like to have my phone out or be talking on the phone, but I called her real quick and she was like, if you're going to be helping people, you have to be in this. And what helped me remember too is that I used to yearn to be able to be someone that could do this. And my inability to be someone that could bring myself out into the world and take myself into new adventures was what made me grasp and also clasp clasp onto people that really weren't right for me, or to love them in a way that wasn't healthy, or to be too critical of them because they weren't giving everything, which was really in retrospect, I couldn't give myself everything. So I was critical of them. And I really missed out on seeing how the love that we had was enough. And it was a beautiful creation and thank God for their support in darker moments. So I look at it in two ways as, you know, by doing certain things in our lives, we become someone that maybe we can fall back on, that has our back. And there's something, you know, there's real conviction and there's a romance to be able to take ourselves where we used to have to rely on others and wait for others. And also to be someone that can offer ourselves new experiences. Rather than having to wait even on friends that are not reciprocating maybe their support. And yet we have to keep on asking to hang out with them because they're all we have. You know, so it's really important to love ourselves and to be with ourselves in a way that we're aching for someone else to be with us and in the ways that we be with other people. So we Mm. have a standard that we're also showing to someone because sometimes we, you know, lower the bar because we cannot give that and we are not giving that to ourselves. So we'll do anything to just have a little bit of something. Mm. And now that if you can give yourself more, I think you're unwilling to lower that bar and to break promises that you've made to yourself. Mm.
0: I love what you just shared. And as somebody who's been married or is married and and, um, you know, with with somebody for a while, I think that's even just a lesson in itself of we can't rely on everybody else to fill our own needs, that we have to fill our own needs, be aware of our own needs and recognize that one person can't fill all of our needs and how we get to show up for ourselves and be that person that we need. And, you know, that's, and that's sometimes really hard to come to terms with because we grew up in this world that's like tells us this fairy tale relationship is going to save us or that we become somebody else when we are in a relationship or married or, you know, whatever the storyline is.
1: Lives, yeah. 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 And I think that also, it probably doesn't help us all that much when we can peer into the lives of everyone else through social media. So whether it's looking at other people's relationships, which I've learned as you know a coach, a breakup coach, especially that, and also just from being someone that is that and, and is a podcaster, is that people open up to me that aren't even clients, right? And so you learn about the inner lives of people that aren't being displayed on social media. Now, I love to display my inner life to you know people's great discomfort online. But a lot of people don't, and I think whether it's looking at other people's romantic relationships or also just their their relationships with other people, or, or you know, their travels and their pursuits, you can just fall into this pit where you feel like you're not living up your life and the people in your life is not living up to the journeys that other people are on. And so, again, it's hard to come to terms with how can we be there for ourselves? Um, And because I think that's, you know, it's a journey. it's, It's constant. I've always wanted to believe that one thing would set me free and I'd love myself forever and it would just be easy after that. And I realized that, um, you know, I go through things, so I have to, you know, talk myself through things in new ways. Mm. And if I'm in a bad place or I've been in a bad place, what does that mean about not just the support I have in my life, but the way that I've been supporting myself and talking to myself? So, yeah, there's the relationships that we have with others and there's the relationships that we need to be upgrading within ourselves and make sure, you know, that that it's constantly evolving. I'm sure you've seen it on your own podcast is listening to yourself back and, and the humility of God, where am I still at? What are, you know, for me, at least, what are the narratives that I still share and, mm-hmm. and are kind of, you know, looping around constantly? Oh, and totally. so how do we um, break, you know, break upward in my sense from that?
0: I've noticed this pattern within clients and, and with friends, that there's this with dating on the apps, navigating mm-hmm. that journey, which I'm curious to hear your opinion about, because I feel like you're just such a like in-person mm-hmm.
1: relationship
0: person. But when navigating the apps, there's this point where, let's say it's maybe like the fifth or sixth date where things are going really well, there's momentum, there's the sense of, oh my God, is this a real relationship forming? And, and the friend or the client gets so excited. There's this mm. sense of like sinking in, resting in, right? The mind starts to wander and create all these images of like, what's going to happen in three, six yeah, yeah. months, right? Like, oh my God, are we going to get married? And then there's either a ghosting, or there's a complete just drop off without really any explanation. And then that creates so much anxiety within my friend or client, because their sense of self gets so rocked. And I notice this with women specifically of there's this like, what did I do wrong conversation that happens? Not like what's going on And this is in hetero couples, typically, this pattern that I'm mentioning, you know, not what's going on in their life. Like what, uh-huh. right, what happened? It's constantly like this sense of not enoughness that happens. I'm curious, like, how can we navigate that journey with more love and care for self? So that there isn't maybe as high of a high and as low as the low. Yeah.
1: You know, what are the things that people say, like, Expect nothing. I mean there's like there's this these tips that people will give that are just it's like too dark to even think like that. like, oh my God, you know, because there's so much of me. I mean, and listen, I hear about these stories. And this was a big pitch that I just had with the New York Post was about dating in New York. And I feel like the heartbreak is really these moments is that things never really get off the ground. Things never really stick, right? So I think in New York, there's so much of this. There's five or six dates, there's three months, and there's a complete turn. You know, someone goes on a trip and they never come back.
0: Right.
1: You know? Um,
0: Or there was that movie, that movie Vengeance, Ooh. It was about like a podcaster. it turned into like some weird dark humor or whatever, but it was about the dating scene in New York and how the men have the women labeled as like, you know, LA fun girl or like yes. met her yes. at this bar or, yes. you know, and they're seeing five girls at once. and yes.
1: And oh my God, because I have male clients. That are going through heartbreak, I would see with someone that, especially in New York, it was so like, oh my! I mean, it just it, it would devastate me. Is that I see that you know they were getting over this woman, and then maybe they would find another woman that they were actually getting interested in. But you you knew kind of like, God, the guy's you know hiring me, so he must still be heartbroken. So what is this other girl? And yet he would have dates lined up every day with someone else just in case the one new girl fell through. And it was like, oh, I just don't date like that. I don't. So it became like really uncomfortable to think that, you know, someone, and it feels this way a lot of the time, you're someone is so present with you, but when they're not with you, there's barely any contact, right? So like, what are they doing? Um, So I think that like the way to navigate it because it's so real, I see it with my friends that are on a fucking high. They're thinking that this person is their husband. I'm like, he's not even your boyfriend yet. It's six dates. I don't even know why you're calling him a boyfriend. It's like, oh, I brought my facial cream over to this house. It's like, dude, he doesn't even want to hang out with you in the morning. Like, what are you doing? And they think so far down the line and they're blinded by it. And one of my superpowers, which is haunting, is that. I see from the beginning where it's going, especially with other people because we can barely see it within ourselves or admit that so much of what drives this romance within people and this six date thing is anxiety. So there's one element it's like, God, I really wanna be able to honor and we all should be able to honor the sense that we're getting excited and be yeah. able to vocalize that, right? Not yeah. suppress the excitement, but also realize that, um, that some of what's making us lean so far in is the anxiety of the ambiguity. So one thing is, is like, it's so true about what did I do wrong? It was a major thing in my life that I was always fearful of. Even in committed relationships, that I would say one thing or I would be too emotional, I would cry too much and it would be done. And it became a big, big revelation that that's the way I treated myself, never really how my relationships actually were with me, except when I actually started dating. And I had a moment like that was someone where I really felt like this could be the next guy that. I was becoming serious with him and it and i had been a while. And again, like you're saying, thinking that you're gonna be defining the relationship and realizing that I think I had also been labeled, you know, the fun girl, looking at my career, looking at how I am in the world, looking at, I don't think that Chelsea knows what she wants, so she's fun. And when there was a recognition of, no, 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 I'm not just fun. Uh, seeing that shift and it devastating me in the moment and me crying and not being spoken to until months later when I heard from him really set off this conversation of see when you do one thing look what you did wrong look what I did wrong if only I hadn't have brought that up if only I'd just gone with the flow because so many other, other chatterbox friends you know, we're constantly at that point in my life being like, because again, I was never a big dater. I would get into relationships but I would never date. I wasn't a serial dater. I was a serial person and committed relationships. Is there like, just be cool, play cool. Just go along with the guy. And doing that, I think was set me on the wrong course. And I think what have been better is to one, honor where you are, honor wh- what your journey is, honor where um, what you're looking for, not look for the green lights from other people. I think what devastates us and where we kind of think what you know, we did wrong maybe is when we were never really empowered in the relationship, we were feeling in a way powerless to the romance and we wanted someone to make a decision for us. So we were kind of playing along and being hopeful And then in one instance, we decide to try to insert ourselves and have some power in it and things go off, you know, because we surprise the person. The guy's like, I didn't see this coming. I I, I thought that everything was cool. So it's really about coming in and being clear and being intentional and being a little bit unwavering in that. And so honoring where we are and what we really want and what we see for ourselves and honoring the questions that we wanna ask. I know it's scary to, I have felt this like to express interest. And I think expressing interest also comes in the form of asking questions, asking more intimate questions, right? I think that there's fear that when we know more about someone, we might have to decide for ourselves even. Or if Mm -hmm. someone feels like we wanna know more, we could fear that that will push them away because we're seeming too serious. I think one is that if you're vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable. And if you're capable of vulnerability, if you're capable of curiosity, if you're capable of investment, if you're capable of dedication, if you're capable of these things, and then it doesn't go a certain way, and you look like I was too much. But wait a second, that's not a liability. All the things I just listed out are strengths. You are too strong for someone. You're too You know, in yourself, you're too where you wanna be. And sometimes people leave you because they need you to be where they are. They need you to be, sometimes weaker. They need you to be powerless. You know, so looking at that, I'll, I'll never forget someone coming on my podcast, Humble the Poet, and saying that what he recognized for himself is when he let people go, when he was let go of as well, is that he used to think that it was about not being enough. And then he realized it was just no, it was that I wasn't headed or they weren't headed in the direction that I needed to go. And with the guy that I brought up where I was crying and I realized that you know, he had thought I was a fun girl, whatever that whole thing, really the moment of what our decision was at the time where I saw very clearly is the conflict was we wanted to go in certain directions and it wasn't honoring myself to lie about that or to play along. And he said to me, he was like, oh my God. He was like, you are a badass. He had never fucking seen it before. And that was like, I was weeping for weeks afterwards but it was like, and he ended up contacting me by the way and wanting to see me again. So it wasn't like I was a pathetic person. It was that I was strong. This man had seen pictures of me that night when I had been in my last relationship with kids. He has this kid. I think it all came to him that I was capable of more. And I think that it's about honoring that. If you are capable of more, don't dilute yourself. And if you lose people, you're losing what needs to be lost to actually keep you on track to what your heart knows it's it's meant for, it's ready for. So somehow I think it really comes down to honoring. and you know, is there something wrong with me? Um, yeah, we lose track of of looking at, you know, if we feel so caught off guard, then you know what's wrong is that someone can't bring more clarity to us. And I don't think that's something that we're not doing. If someone feels like, what did I do? It's probably that we're available to understanding more and it's being taken away from us. And I think that's a shortcoming of other people. And as someone that has had male clients, is that they'll say that there's a disappointment within themselves that they couldn't give more, that they weren't ready for more, that there's a a guilt of seeing a woman cry or or a woman get angry because it makes them feel like they fell short, that they Mm -hmm. misled someone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men don't wanna face that yet until they're ready and have figured it out maybe, and that's why they loop back. Or they don't wanna close the door, and that's why they ghost. You know, they don't say goodbye to you because they would like to return to you, but you're too much, meaning you're too, you're too good of something for where they're at right now. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage someone to keep that in mind.
0: I love those reframes because it's so important for us to really challenge that negative self-talk narrative that can be so strong in the dating world. And especially when faced with the anxiety of dating and the ups and downs. And I love emphasizing that honoring self, you know, mm-hmm. and and noticing when we spiral into the pulling apart and the not enough and actually where can we take the power back to be like, no, I'm 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 too much. I'm full. I'm my st- Strength, like this, is me. Hear me roar! Is is what I'm hearing from from you, and that's it's a very Mm recentering practice. And that sense of like, no, I'm heading in this direction. You want to go this Mm -hmm. direction, and wishing you luck on your direction. But like, this is where I'm heading.
1: I realized that you know that call to action within ourselves is brave, right? And I didn't realize. until more recently, especially in dating, that bravery can be heartbreaking. Saying no where we used to say yes can be heartbreaking. These things end faster and we don't fool ourselves longer, but there's so much power in that that shows how strong we are so yeah, it can feel sad that we might be losing people or people might be letting us go. But again, it's because we have more clarity of self and it's just remembering that we can stand alone and like take yourself out into the world. Don't stay and pretend like you are comfortable in a situation that is not ultimately leading you to where you want to be
0: yeah yeah i love that and you know pain gets to be our biggest teacher and we our human tendency is to run away from pain because it's not pleasant but when we can actually feel it and feel that discomfort it can show us and teach us so much and come back to that place of what you said like that honoring self chelsea i'm curious you know, last question here is to explore, you know, you have this term, what does it mean to break upwards? Cause I love this.
1: Hmm. You know, I think that sometimes, or most of the time after a relationship, you know, you, you break up, you break down And then in this fury of of trying to get us back even to center, right, to get us back on track, I was looking for love, let me just get back out there. We look for the next thing. And we don't feel into the shifts that need to be happening. What did we just learn? What was that preparation for? Um, And breaking upward is being able to elevate ourselves it's being about not reaching for where we are at and just going to the next thing it's about taking the time to really honor and elevate ourselves is to look up and see what's up for ourselves so it's advancement um I don't know. It's, I I have to really sit down. It's, you know, I asked everyone on my podcast what it means and I've seen how people react to the word, um, a whole episode actually was just done. I was on someone's podcast and they did an episode after about that word. And I was like, you know what? I, I came up with it so long ago. And I need to really sit down and write about it because I know I believe in it, but I also realize it's so radical. Um, that I had to sit with it. I just, um, I think that there's something spiritual that I didn't understand. You know, when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I didn't understand about like transcendence. Mm -hmm. And when my sister went, my twin sister went into rehab, that's really when this journey started and break upward came, you know, a few years after that. And I know it has to do with the sobering up and a level of transcending, and this element of rising above, um, and, and also kind of being on our own, so letting, I said to someone recently, he was going through heartbreak, and I was like, and I brought up breaking upward, and I was like, sometimes when we're heartbroken, we're stretched so far back from the reality of where we thought we were going of the future that we thought we were headed towards and that's the heartbreak and in this stretching and this tension and this yanking backwards from where we were i think that there needs to be an allowance of being like breathless, like literally gasping right like the pain like we're talking about this disorientation the, the hurt it really needs to hurt us And by the stretching back, that tension of going so far back, it's it's being able to be shot. The breaking upward is being able to be shot so far beyond the sights of where we thought we were headed.
0: I love this term, and and it resonates with me in marriage too. You know, because I think there are these moments, and I share this. In a recent episode, I recorded Soul episode around being in the messy middle and managing expectations, where there are these like little moments of heartbreak that happen still in a marriage. And yes, you're like bound together still, and this there's this higher sense of commitment that you'll work through them. But there is this element of needing to reflect, needing to heal, and and this opportunity to think about what is this pain teaching me? How do I get to grow from it to, to your point, like transcend to reach that higher higher place, not only as an individual, but as a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And how can our relationship, I had a mentor once say, you know, to think of your relationship as like a spiritual connection that it's for a higher good. And that really helps drop my ego when we get into these fights and arguments and really think about the bigger purpose of relationship and connection and love and impact. So I think this break upwards term, yes, obviously is specifically to people who are in the dating journey. And I also really resonated as a married person.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I didn't use the word, but I think about this word, it is about higher, you know, higher consciousness, especially higher perspective. And, you know, the way that I work with it and the way that I want to, you know, move my practice toward is definitely a way just from dating and breaking up and breaking upward within our individual journeys. I love that. It supports you within marriage because I think about it. I think about how there has to be heartbreak. There has to be tension and and we're laying beside people. Not everyone has like a two bedroom house that they can just like go into the next room. And I think about that, the the discomfort of even knowing that you're bound supposedly to someone, all of that. And I just think that the heartbreak, um, uh, the anxiety, uh, the tension, any of that can be so much more and exacerbated in a marriage where it's startling in ways that I haven't understood for myself. So I think that there's especially a call to um, break upward within a marriage because you want to be constantly expanding and evolving and not stagnating, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Oh, Chelsea, I could keep talking to you about relationships and love both have to have you back on the podcast. Where can people learn more about you and stay connected to your work, your podcast, your the ways that you support people?
1: Yeah, so I would love for people to listen. So thank you, Heartbreak. They can listen anywhere. And a long time ago, it, it shifted away from just romantic Heartbreak and it includes all the, the breaking points of life um Then my website break upward b r e a k u p w a r d on Instagram on I'm on thank you heartbreak there and yeah I mean there's you know my website hopefully is going to get a makeover but one thing that um I offer there where I've I has worked really well with clients is the e coaching I used to have an advice column which to this day is I think been the best work I've ever done, it, it brings me really all my clients still. And what I've seen the most transformation from my clients are the ones that choose to do each co- e-coaching um, with the actual phone coaching, because it allows us to, I think just writing is so confronting. Um, and, you know, of course, conversations can be enlightening, but there's nothing like something tangible as well and exploring the deeper layers. So. I have questions for people and they respond. And then I bring in that advice column person within me to take it even deeper. So um, if you're interested in that element to it is something that I offer. And you can just email me also at chelsea at breakupword.com.
0: I love using writing as a tool for healing and self-reflection. So amazing. Thank you for being here. Of
1: course. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Centered in the City podcast. I welcome you to take a moment and tune into your own heart that as a human is probably yearning for connection. And I welcome you to think about what's one tiny, brave, moment of connection that you can take this week maybe even today maybe it's smiling at a stranger on the train maybe it's texting somebody that's been on your mind in your heart just a note to say hello maybe it's having an intimate brave moment with yourself to really connect and listen inwards Think about what feels authentic to you and share this action step with one of your besties. And then join Chelsea and I on Instagram and let us know what comes alive for you when you take this brave action for connection. Thanks so much for being here as always. Please take a moment to rate and review the Center in the City podcast. It means so much. And until next time, stay centered.